Okay, class. Today we're gonna start with the basics. Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where New Life in Christ is celebrated, and we explore together how to live the Christian life in excellence. Thanks for listening today. I'm Pastor Eric. Today in our Advent devotional series, and if you have not listened to the first two parts, I invite you to go ahead and do that now. Our text for today is from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. There's a lot of talk about social justice in the United States right now. In fact, if you can remember back far enough, earlier this year, there were whole riots about the systemic racial injustice that has been a part of the United States since its founding. The unfortunate deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Elijah McCain, and so many others at the hand of authorities have caused an upheaval that hasn't been seen since the L.A. riots of the 90s. There's been a lot of discussion, time on the airwaves, and millions of gigabytes of internet in response to the killings and riots that followed. Some were concerned with the policing practices. Others were concerned with the calls to defund the police. And some were on the extreme, but many more were more nuanced and somewhere in between these extreme poles. All of this has made us ask the question, what is justice? For some, justice is making sure that society is equitable. For others, it is ensuring that laws are followed and administering punishment when laws are broken. For most, again, it's somewhere in between. One of the major themes of Advent is justice. We don't usually think about justice when we think about Advent and Christmas. In week one, when we explored anticipation, We read Isaiah 11. You may have missed it or you heard it and didn't think anything about it, but that prophecy prophesied a new king. The king was a political figure. Isaiah's prophecy and many other prophecies in the Old Testament are decidedly political. They may not seem that political for us today, but in their context, they were incredibly politically charged. When Mary found out she was pregnant with the Messiah and then heard the Spirit's confirmation given through her cousin Elizabeth, she broke out into song. The song was jam-packed full of prophetic references. This young lady knew the Old Testament scriptures, and she knew what the coming Messiah meant. She highlights a number of themes in this song, but the central part of this song that sets the whole thing in prophetic hope is verses 51 and 52. It says this, He has shown great strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. Again, we may miss the implications of this because of us living 2,000 years after these words were uttered, but she specifically says that the powerful are brought down from their thrones. This is a political statement. Those who are in political and royal power are those who sit on thrones, and they are brought down by God. 
One of the central prophetic words that is found throughout the Old Testament is God bringing down the powerful from their places of power. This is a political song that she's singing. She is declaring, along with the prophets, that part of God's plan is to pull political leaders from their places of power. Can you imagine this teenage girl going into the Oval Office and saying this to the president? saying that God has shown great strength with his arm and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts and he has brought down the powerful from their thrones, from their oval offices. This is insane. But justice for God is not so much a policy that can be enacted or a law abolishing something evil. God's justice is pulling powerful people from their places of power and putting a teenage virgin and her Messiah child in their places. The king's Presidents, prime ministers, and all those in power get ripped down from their thrones, and the little baby Jesus is placed in the place of cosmic authority. This is the justice of God. Those who have power and authority will no longer have power and authority. All of that will be taken from them. And any authority that comes from career, family, or ministry will be taken from them and from us. God will take all of this from us. Any of our authority will be taken from us. Justice for God is taking authority from those in power and giving it to those who are weak. God's whole plan of justice is giving power to those who are powerless. God will take power from those who have authority, and he will rip it from them if he has to, and he will give it to the weak, to the foreigner, and to the outcast. I know this doesn't address the hot topics in our society, but it can inform how we think about what is happening around us. It seems that we as Americans are deeply concerned about gaining and keeping power. We want our political party or our politician to gain power. We want our businesses to grow larger and larger and garner more and more money. We want our churches to grow and to grow. We want to gain and keep money for our family. All of these things, even the good things that we do with these, will be taken from us. Our successes our authority, our power will be taken from us. Either God will take it peacefully or not so peacefully. This should change how we think about the world. We ought to, like God, have a preference for those who are lowly. The unborn, children, the poor, the minority, the foreigner, the elderly, all of those who are in the margin of society and do not have power, we ought to be for them. God favors these people. This disrupts what we're taught that those who are successful are special somehow, and that they have some ability that normal people don't. In fact, we have whole cinematic universes celebrating unique, powerful individuals who are special because of some innate ability they have within them. This kind of individualism twists us to believe that if you are poor or powerless, it is your own fault that you somehow deserve it. But God favors those who are poor. When Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount, he called those who are poor or poor in spirit blessed. The powerless are the ones who are ultimately blessed. And this poor teenage virgin was given the very presence of God in her womb. This lowly girl was placed in the place of high honor. The baby she had within her was the creator of the universe. This is how God works. He strikes down the powerful and he raises up the lowly. For those of us with authority, we must be humbly ready to have it all taken away. We must hold this authority with a loose grip because God will take it away from us. 
For those of us who have no power, we can trust that God will give us relief. And for those of us with power, we ought to turn our authority and our power toward those who are weak, to serve them and to raise them up. This is true justice. Those with power utilizing their power to raise up those with no power. This is what God did, and this is what God will do. He did this throughout the scriptures and in the person of Jesus, and he will do this at the end of all things. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you next time.